I got Ed back there doing a, a greetings duty, and he's also pulling double duty. He's guarding the desserts, and so I, I question the wisdom in that. But uh, I think he failed already because my son already dipped into him. So, Ed, if you're listening, be on the lookout. Um, we're going to be in Luke 2. So if you want to go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles, and uh, I'll go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer before we start reading. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we, um, we love the story, Lord. First of all, because it's true, Lord, and we're reminded of the gift that you gave us, Lord, your Son, Lord, uh, to lead us, Lord, and to die on the cross for us, Lord. But most of all, it showed us your love for um, us, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. So we just pray that you would bless this time, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Like I said, we're going to be in Luke 2, and um, we're going to go ahead and kick uh, off reading Luke 2, 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, into the Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The, the big thing I wanted to, to point here is um, this just wasn't a couple of teens trying to cover their tracks. It would have been a lot easier if that was the case. And we, 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 we know that story often where it was just, you know, a, a young couple um, trying to make their way and trying to justify things. But this was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. And there, I, I, I could spend a whole sermon on just doing all, going through all of those. But I'm, I want to touch on a couple of them just to point to the fact that this was prophesied long before uh, they arrived here. The first one's in Micah 2, or 5 2. And it reads, But you, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. The ruler is going to be born in Bethlehem, whose coming forth is from old. And the word that they use for, uh, there is olam, which also means eternal. So our Lord, our eternal Lord, is going to be born out of Bethlehem. And in Isaiah 7.14, Isaiah 7.14 reads, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will give you a sign. Excuse me. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And of course, Emmanuel is God with us. And again, in, in Isaiah uh, 9, 6 through 7. And for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Uh, this, this verse in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, uh, it describes how God will accomplish all this. He will do it through his son, 
born as a human. It predicts the birth of Jesus, the hope and salvation for all people. It's also a promise of God to Israel, to deli- of Israel of a deliverer and Messiah, who will restore glory and joy to their nation. This child will be the king of Israel as well as the world. But it isn't to stop there. Joseph and Mary each had their individual, uh, were both spoken to individually. Um, Mary was spoken to in, back in Luke on, in chapter 1, and I want to believe that's 26 to 38. And I'll re- share that with you right quick. Um, Luke 1, 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered that manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will be given, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. By saying that you're, you're going to bear a child through immaculate conception, that causes a lot more problems for you than just doing what young people do today. It causes a lot more problems. This puts your target on your back from Herod. Um, it, it, and it, we'll talk about Joseph later on, but it, it causes actually a lot more problems. It makes me think of the, it reminds me of the disciples once Jesus ascended to heaven. It was a lot more trouble for them to share the gospel. They gained nothing from it. I think that's very similar here with, with um, Joseph and Mary. They gained nothing from it for, for, for their own personal gain, and it, but it was everything for the kingdom. And, and speaking of, uh, of Joseph, Joseph was also spoken to, and in Matthew uh, 1, 19 through 24, well, the angel of the Lord basically comes down and talks to Joseph and tells Joseph what's going, about to happen, and basically that he's going to be supporting, um, he's going to be supporting Mary throughout this. He did as the, the angel of the Lord instructed him to do and continue to take Mary as his wife. But these two, well, as we're going to see, God likes to use the least of, to, to glorify him. While they may have been poor and unlikely, Joseph, Jerry, uh, Joseph, and J- Joseph was just and Mary was blessed among all women. So and as we see, when we t- talk about you know, Bethlehem, which is a, a small town, and a, a nothing town that a lot of people like to refer to, and you're talking about a couple poor kids, the Lord likes to use the small things to, to glorify him. And the next thing we, we come to is, and we're going back to Luke 2, we're going to be in Luke 2, 8 through 14. Luke 2, 8. Now, 
there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. When we see evidence, God. When we see evidence in God in, in our own lives, how will we how will we respond? Um, I, I think it refers to the, the shepherds here. Is that they made haste. They made haste. When we, when we whenever we see the Lord speak into our lives, or whenever we see something happen in our own lives, you know, I I, I like to be you know I I can draw confidence from my brothers and sisters when they make haste and they respond to something whenever we have a trial, and I think we we've seen that a couple times in the past year very recently. And in Luke fifteen through sixteen, it, it further shows their enthusiasm. So it was then, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and there you go again, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lie in a manger. Again, the enthusiasm of the shepherds to learn more about God. Always seeking after God. In 17 and 18, now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the, shepherd, by the shepherds. What are we doing to share the, the, the truth with our neighbors? I think of haste and enthusiasm. Are we sharing it with that same haste and enthusiasm? Um, when I think of shepherds, I think of it as a young man's job and uh, I think of these young guys um, running around sharing, sh- running around sharing through the, the, the whole town. Though I, I take that back. I, w- I remember just reading a story about a, an elderly gentleman that set a um, set the Europe some European um, ultra marathon record. He was like I don't know 200 miles or something like that. But he was I don't know 60 years old or something. He was a shepherd. He spent his whole life. He, he didn't he wasn't he didn't have all the gear everybody else had. But he he was a shepherd and he was so used to chasing sheep around that an ultra marathon was nothing to him. But anyways, I digress. Shepherds, right, known for their fitness, and they use that, that talent. They went and shared the gospel. Each of us has our own talent, and I, I would encourage you to find ways that you can use to, to spread God's glory, to spread his word. And that message is found in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I, w- I was uh, very blessed, you know, very recently in the last couple of weeks, just by just the brothers and sisters that just called to action and, and just asked what they could do. Whenever there's a problem, whenever somebody's, you know, s- hurt, sick, or whatever, bed- you know, bedridden, you know, ladies cooking meals for others, uh, wh- whatever the, the need is, you know, that, that, that emboldens one another to, you know, to ser- continue to serve the Lord. And I think we need a reminder that, you know, you're not just serving that person if you're fixing a meal for a family. You're not just serving them, you're blessing those around you. 
right? You're reminding them that what kind of haste and enthusiasm you need to have when we're serving one another because we're serving the Lord. And on Luke 19, 19 and 20, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. I find it amazing how God uses the least of things, as I was talking about earlier, to glorify him. He uses something so mundane, uh, such a worldly thing as a census, to enact his will. He uses a small, nothing town like Bethlehem to birth the Son of God. He uses a, a, a young couple that probably doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, let's say, uh, assurance from the, the community, maybe, right? Doesn't, Joseph's probably a young man and doesn't have, you know, doesn't have maybe the, uh, a reputation like some of the, the elders do, but use the least of those to glorify him. And the thing that interested me, um, I was watching a commentary by Skip Hitzig, Heisig, and he was talking about shepherds and how they were unclean. They were viewed as unclean by, you know, by the elites in Israel. And why is that? Why would the, the shepherds be considered unclean? Well, we can think of the dirty things that they necessarily got to do, but why, why would they view them as unclean? What, one of the things I, when I first moved out here, and trust me, it relates. <laughs> uh, one of the things when I first moved out here, we were, we were shopping and um, we, we got caught up about to purchase some uh, uh, timeshares. And we're like, oh, where are we going on vacation and stuff like that? But something in the back of my head told me I shouldn't do this. And it wasn't a financial issue. It was just something in the back of my head told me I shouldn't do it. And then uh, I just walked around a little bit, thought about it, and then it snapped. I, I realized, oh, I have farm animals. I have goats and I have sheep and I have chickens. I can't take a day off. I can't just disappear for a week and just like, peace, you know, have fun. Shepherds work seven days a week. They don't, there's no Sabbath for them. And that's why they were considered unclean. I thought that was very fascinating. I also found it fascinating that the same gentleman, I might be jumping ahead here, but the same people that are raising the slams to be slaughtered for sacrifice were going to greet the last sacrifice. You think about that. They were going to greet and welcome the thing that the, the, the person that would put them out of business, essentially. And, and a lot of those, the, those shepherds that provided them, they were called temple shepherds, but you know, they, they provided the lambs for the slaughter to, to be sacrificed. Luke 21 through 24. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before him, before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, was completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Now, according to the book of Leviticus, this would be a total of 40 days after giving birth of a purification. Uh, before going to the temple and offering sacrifices, all Israelites were also called to bring their firstborn son to the temple to redeem them. The firstborn are the Lord's, is what it was said. The firstborn are the Lord's. And in this case, it can be uh, th the most truest. This was the Lord's. 
I, I wonder, and, and, and this is the time, and I know it's not in Luke, but I, I think it's important to go back to Matthew 2, 1 through 12. I think this is what messed me up before because I have that highlighted in my Bible. But I want to read Matthew 1 through 12. Now, excuse me, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. <coughs> now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who, was being, who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophets. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people in Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them that the star, the star appeared, and he set them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when they have found him, bring back word to me, and I may come and worship him also. And when, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young child where this young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced in exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. I find it interesting that the wise men are looking, start out looking in the wrong place for Jesus. You know, the shepherds went straight to him and the wise men went to Herod first. You know, but in, in the end though, they, they corrected the course and they, and they went and, and they found Jesus. But that goes, you know, one of the things I thought about was, you know, are we seeking the Lord and are we seeking the Lord in the wrong places? We don't, we don't find the Lord in places and we don't find the Lord in a, a person. We find the Lord in the word and in fellowship studying that word and there's another cost um, there, there's another cost of, of worshiping the true king and not just a worldly cost but a, there's a spiritual battle and, and it, I just uh, the reason I wanted to bring the, the wise men into this is it's interesting how the Lord connects all these different people we have low so low as in the shepherds and we have these wise men that are coming to see Jesus and we have this young couple that are involved. just all these people are being connected by the Lord supernaturally continuing in Luke 25 and I'm going to finish out through 38 all right Luke 2 25 and behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ so he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when he, the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now I just want to stop right there. I want to read this line, and he's getting to read, he's getting, being allowed to meet Christ. 
Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. When I read that, the feeling that I got, as I think is the same feeling a lot of people get today, when, when they come to Christ, when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are baptized, you know, I, it's, it's different for a lot of people, but that really for me, this is the first time I read, read somewhere, you know, in the Bible where it's like, I related to this directly with you know, my own baptism. Imagine being able to see Jesus Christ in the flesh. And that was what he was allowed to, be, to do. But anyways, continue on. I'll, I'll start again in 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people in Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, the child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was a gr- of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in the d- instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. So I'm going to share from, um, before I go into these, these three people here, from Romans 8, 22 and 23, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together <coughs> until now. Not only that, but we also have, also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan with ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. When I look at Simeon and Anna and even Elizabeth, and, and ladies, there's a great study, I think, and in, in just I was just thinking about this, of looking at Anna and Elizabeth's lives together. But, you know, we talk about people who dedicated their lives to serve the Lord. When you look at Elizabeth, who obviously, you know, she, didn't, she, she didn't have any children, was gave birth to um, John la- later in her life. And then we, have, then we have Anna here that served in the temple and was waiting for the opportunity to, to share the gospel, to share the birth of, of Jesus Christ and, and share that glory. And then you have Simeon, who was not allowed to die until he, w- he was prom- you know, he, he, he asked the Lord to let him see the Christ before he, he, he passed. And I, I, when I look at all these examples, we each have an ability to serve the Lord in our own way. And th- those times and things that we can do change in the different seasons that we are. Anyways, I'm, I'm just blessed by that. And one of the things... And, uh, we, why I th- felt it was important to make sure we talked about the, sh- the shepherds and the, the, the wise men and you know, these, these three elders that were here. I, when I read through all these people that were brought together um, to, enter, to, to welcome Christ, I th- really started meditating and thinking about and appreciating all the people that the Lord has brought here. From all the young ladies that help in the nursery the volunteers in the children's ministry, all the folks that do worship, everybody is part of the Bible studies. 
everybody's come from a different corner of the, the world, different ages, different season of their lives. The Lord brings us here to share in his word, to share, to share in his hope. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. You're, you're in the right place. If you're anywhere where the Lord's word is being shared, you're in the right place. I took my glasses off, so I'll see if I can continue reading. <coughs> the Lord will use any heart that desires him, and he will use you in whatever season you're in. And that was my, my big point there. And again, I just want to read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. thankful for each and every one of you. I'm blessed by you. I'm blessed by your service. I'm blessed when you come and you just fellowship after services. You don't have to move mountains. Just sharing the word, sharing with your neighbor is enough. And I thank you for that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so, we're eternally thankful, Lord, for your gift, Lord. Your son that was born as a man, he left glory, Lord. He left the heavens to come down here onto this dirty world, Lord, this sin-filled world. And he died on the cross for those sins, Lord. And we are so thankful for that, Lord. Help us, help us embolden us, Lord. We want to serve with enthusiasm and with haste, Lord, um, jumping at every opportunity we have to, um, to serve you, Lord. And we thank you for those opportunities, Lord. Again, we thank you for your love, Lord. And uh, we just have our heart's desire is to give all the glory to you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.